Hey, everybody, and welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? Good, good. Still counting down the days to fall practice. We're at 39 days away. This episode, as always, is brought to you by Built Bar. We'll talk to you about Built Bar in just a little bit. But right now, Jimmy, we'll just start off with a hodgepodge of news and notes from all things Alabama. There have been some some interesting little tidbits out there. Nothing too groundbreaking, I wouldn't say, in terms of uh, what's going on around the Crimson Tide just today. But um, number one, I I saw a video out there of Brad Lester helping out Najee Harris on Bama Online, and Najee Harris looking pretty good. If if the season's going to be canceled, it's not going to it's not going to bother Najee at all. Well, no, wait a minute, I said that poorly. If the season is not going to be canceled, it's not going to bother Najee at all. That's how I need to say that. Yeah, he's uh he has taken every. It seems to me, and 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 of course I'm adding two and two here. I don't I don't know the kid, but from his from from the day that he made the decision to come back for his senior year, he's. He's been really driven. I'm, I'm just guessing. I wonder if a lot of the feedback he got from the NFL was just even more motivation for him to improve. He, he just seems like a kid that is just hell-bent on not proving everyone wrong, but just getting better, you know, becoming a better player, becoming the kind of player in college that he was in high school. And, and, and what's good is, hey, he's starting from a good place over the second half of last season. He was really, really good. It took him to about that Tennessee game, somewhere about mid to late October. And he just developed into a, a really an all-SEC type running back. And uh, the fact that he's just worked his ass off this entire offseason, this long offseason, uh, it just portends great things for him. Alabama's going to have a heck of a running back. Let's hope we have a season and let's hope Najee stays healthy. And it's going to take a lot of pressure off of Mac Jones and Bryce Young to have an All-American senior running back in the backfield. Yeah, um, I, I think he's looking – he looks felt. I mean, he looks like he's a little slimmer. Um, and his quickness with his feet uh, in the drills that I saw on the video w- was pretty doggone incredible. I mean, he's he's really getting it together, I think. Like you said, he's got 2,337 – rushing yards in his three seasons so far at Alabama. And, um, you know, that doesn't put him far away from catching uh, Dennis Riddle at number 10 with 2,635, Johnny Musso with 200, excuse me, 2,741 yards, and Damian Harris at 3,070 yards. You know, and it's funny, um, when we were doing the the podcast, it might even been in this year. When I'm not exactly sure when we started with Locked On Bama, you know, crossing over from talking Tuscaloosa, but we even talked about on both podcasts. I think that Damian Harris had a chance to be Alabama's all-time leading rusher. Now it was going to be a bit of a long shot, but he had a chance because the all-time leading rusher at three thousand five hundred ninety-one. Um, but you know, and, and I don't. It's I hate to say this, but I and jinx him. But if we play all of our games and if we do what, what we think a lot of us think we'll do and go 15 games into it, that means we make it into a national championship. Um, Najee Harris will have a real, real opportunity to be the all-time leading rusher at the University of Alabama. And I'd be willing to bet there are practically zero uh, mild to medium Alabama fans who know that. Yeah, I think that's a great 
That's a great uh, point because it just doesn't feel right. Like, wow, has he been that good for that long? But but even what he's done to date is averaging, what, over uh, almost 800 yards a season, which is really impressive at a place like Alabama where you have to share the load and there's already so many other great backs in the running back room. Uh, even this fall, I mean, isn't can Najee rush for that many yards? Of course he can. I think the question is, is he going to have to – divide carries with 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 Brian Robinson and Trey Sanders that will, will keep that rushing total down a little bit. And, you know, I think an ideal scenario for him is that Najee comes out of the gate and, and sort of carries the team over the first eight or nine games uh, being spelled by Brian Robinson as Trey Sanders learns to play college football. And perhaps by late in the year, as Najee has so many carries, maybe by the end of the year, it's Trey Sanders carrying a really big load and he would be fresh and, and and experienced at that point. So Alabama could have a great situation at running back, assuming everyone stays healthy. I know people say, gosh, you got seven running backs. People are going to get mad and transfer. Well, that may happen. But another thing that may happen is that we saw what happened with Alabama and position. That could so easily happen at running back. And now you're having to play all those freshmen because that is one spot where you could easily get not one, not two, but three guys all banged up. So uh, we'll see who all plays. But if they all stay healthy, we could see a record-setting season from Najee. And maybe by the end of his redshirt freshman season, we're seeing the Trey Sanders that was uh, that was given a fifth star by the recruiting industry just uh, two seasons ago. This episode, of course, brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar, um, delicious, absolutely nutritious and a fantastic company to uh, for us to represent. We appreciate them so much. We have talked about them on multiple occasions. Um, I love the pineapple outside, upside down cake flavor. It's awesome. You can check out, uh, they've got like double chocolate and chocolate and peanut butter and, and all these other funky. I had one that had like an orange taste to it that was great, like chocolate and orange. And normally you don't, I don't think of those two things going together, but it was great. Um, I guess chocolate, anything kind of goes together, but uh, Built Bar, absolutely delicious. Trust us on this. Go check them out. B-U-I-L-T-B-A-R.com, Built Bar. They are the sponsor, uh, the, the site-wide sponsor for all Locked On, and we certainly do appreciate them. And we would also appreciate you going to check them out and using the promo code Locked On, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, all one word in the promo box and there on the Built Bar site. That's www.builtbar.com. Jimmy, another, <clears throat> um, excuse me, I had to clear my throat, right? As I was beginning to talk there. Um, another video we saw uh, was Will Reichert working out and he bombed a 60 yard field goal. And look, <laughs> at this point, it's <laughs> watching a, a kicker, even a kicker on our own team have a highlight uh, in practice is, I mean, it's kind of like reading a comic book. I mean, it's really cool, but you don't believe it's going to happen in real life, right? <laughs> well, there's a big, as a matter of fact, what I want everybody, I think everybody that's a locked on Bama fan is probably seeing the video by now. Cause if you're a big enough fan to listen to this podcast, you, 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 you peruse the Alabama social media sites and you've seen that kick. Well, first of all, that kick is great news. It's great news because in the A, it shows that Will Reichert's healthy. If he if he's if he's healthy enough to attempt a sixty yard field goal, he's healthy enough to uh, to to go to camp and win the job. 
you know, this fall. So, so there's nothing bad in that video. It's all, it's all good in the video. But one thing I want people to pay attention to is in terms of like people ask all the time, gosh, Alabama under Nick Saban has signed great quarterbacks, great running backs, great front seven guys, great DBs, but we just don't get a good kicker. Why not? Well, I think that video is a good example of why it's so hard to evaluate kickers because who's not going to get excited and want to sign the guy that just calmly whacked a 60-yard. It looked, looked over 60 to me based on where that ball was on the field. But he, he calmly whacks a 60-yard field goal right down the middle, uh, didn't even appear to put max effort into it, and who wouldn't be excited about that guy? But the fact of the matter is that wasn't football. That's not the sport of football. The sport of football, there is a pass rush on kicks. Uh, there's a lot of pressure on the snapper. There's pressure on the holder. There's 100,000 people watching. There's a million people watching on TV. There's a defense full of six-foot-six guys that are going to get skybound to block that kick, especially from 60 yards, where the kick has to take off in a lower trajectory than normal. So that's not a kick in a game, and what we saw doesn't necessarily translate, and that's why it's hard to evaluate kickers because – when you're evaluating a kicker out of high school, sure, you get to see some high school tape, but there's all sorts of variables in high school. High school doesn't have it. You, you don't really have, you don't face a real rush. And if you do, you're not facing six foot six guys that jump over the pile or four, two guys that come speeding off the corner. You never see that. So kicks are not really blocked in high school. There's not the pressure because you're basically kicking in front of your family and friends at high school game. Uh, it's just a really difficult position to evaluate. It's led me to believe I, I have kind of a sea change with, with all the transfers, Luke, coming up in college, with the transfer portal and clearly a rule change coming that's going to allow players to transfer without sitting out. I think when you watch a player kick in college, you, you solve that evaluation problem because now you've seen them kick in a college game atmosphere under the same rules. I would propose that Alabama and really all schools go to just we sign kickers out of the transfer portal because you've seen them kick. I think the evaluation is so much easier on somebody that's already kicked in college football. And I think in the future, instead of evaluating high school players, which as we've seen is extremely tricky, maybe you just evaluate college kickers and pick up your kickers via transfer. No, I'm, I'm right there with you. In fact, as you were making that, uh, uh, eloquent rant. I, I actually thought about that. Like, Hey, that's, that's an idea. Why don't we just get guys from the transfer portal? Because here's the other thing that, that you point out that you might have six, six guys coming at you. Um, the other thing is we seemingly take a lot of kicker. I, when's the last time the kicker from Alabama, I guess, Lee, but Lee Tiffin was signed under Sheila. Wonder who, who the other kickers out of Alabama that Nick Saban signed. I, can you think yeah, of not many? Uh, not okay. many. And like you said, uh, well, Jeremy Shelley is from Montgomery, but of course, these are walk ons. Lee Tiffin was a walk on. Uh, yeah, know, that's true. Jeremy Shelley. He needed, Jeremy he Shelley was a Yeah, he, he yeah, was later but, okay. given a scholarship, but he, he walked on initially. So Reichard, I, I'm sure it's not true, but Reichard felt like the first Alabama scholarship kicker since Michael Proctor in 1992. I mean, it felt, it felt that he way. He did with it. And then you got. Um, Cade Foster from Texas and and J.K. Scott from from Colorado. Colorado. Now, J.K. 
was great. I mean, J.K. is probably an all-time punter in Alabama. I mean, you could make the case for that. Um, and, but, you know, some of these guys that come from out of state, it may be even more difficult for them. Look, Alabama recruits guys from Hawaii and all over. And it, it, certainly they have to deal with their own variations of homesickness, even though the one guy we recruited from Hawaii, his whole family moved here. Um, you know, sometimes we recruit somebody from California or whatever. Uh, but if you're a kicker, meaning a, a place kicker or a punter, um, I think you're as on an island as any player it, on my entire football squad. I mean, you could say the quarterback has more pressure, but, you know, a quarterback can be bailed out. A quarterback can right. be – and also be easily have excuses made for them, like, uh, you know, his offensive line isn't very good or his receivers right. don't, get, don't get open for him or don't, right. don't get separation. But, but a punter or a kicker, nobody gets to make excuses for them. I mean, like, if, if there's a holder who has two bad holds in a row, that holder is probably going to be replaced – so that excuse isn't going to last but two times. And a, and a punter is back there by his damn self. And so you you wonder if those guys have to be as mentally strong as really anybody on the team, which is totally ironic and contrary to the way we look at kickers because you look at them as the uh, the guy that the that is getting sand kicked in his face on the beach. And a lot of younger people may not know what that reference is, but uh, um, so I think that that is a, a good point that you can watch a punter in high school and he might, let's say punts for, uh, you know, redemption faith Academy or something like that. I'm just throwing out a name. Um, and he's out there and he's, like you said, he's, he, he can boom him when he, when he has to kick, uh, because he doesn't really face a ton of pressure, and but his average is 56 yards a kick. Well, that's fantastic. And you've got speed demons coming off the corner, and you've got uh, bloodthirsty hounds coming up the middle. It's a little bit different, and especially in these cavernous stadiums that we have. I mean, this guy's going to have to be um, really mentally strong, and it's going to be even – more so this year, it's going to be super weird. I'm not a big fan of like America's Got Talent or The Voice or whatever, but us we watched it last night because you know we were just flipping the channel and the kids love it. And America's Got Talent show Tuesday, I think they ran a promo for it, is going to be like the first one that they do with no audience members. And they and the promo was even like this is going to be weird for everybody because if you're a singer or a magician or an acrobat or whatever, and you're out there doing your thing, sometimes you feed off the emotion of the crowd and with no crowd in there, it's going to feel like you're performing in a cave. And that's going to be weird. Cause at the same time, you know, the whole world's watching you on television and that's how it's going to be for, for all these football players and especially the kickers. I mean, there's, there's not going to be a, you know, fans out there going, you know, kick the hell out of the ball, Reichert, or do whatever you whatever you yell to kickers, they're, they're going to have to rely on their own mental fortitude to get through this thing. Yes, that goes for every single football player. But again, if you're if, if you have a great defensive lineman, he can make up for two bad defensive linemen. Or if you have two, you know what I mean? You, you The other guys can can play off of each other, you know, but the, a kicker is out there by his damn self. And so it's going to be that's going to be a thing. I tell you another thing that I've thought about, and you make a great point. Open up another another point that I've thought about recently about how different the games will be with no fans. This not only will the fans watching on TV be able to hear more things that are said on the field, which is going to shock a lot of 
people. So you people with tender ears, you, you know, that, that get offended by everything, you might as well just quit watching football because it's not a tea party out there. Um, but beyond, beyond hearing everything that's said on the field, um, one thing that's going to be interesting, and it'll be interesting how coaches handle this, not only can the fans hear everything, the players will be able to hear everything. A lot of times there's a lot of communication on the field, but, you know, the offense communicating with the offense, the defense communicating with the defense on the field, pre-snap, pre-snap and even post-snap. There is spoken communication, right? Now you'll be able to hear everything. So I'm wondering if there's going to be some sort of warfare going on where you're constantly trying to confuse the opponent by what's being said. The offense has to tune out. The offense has to tune out what the defense is saying. But you really can't. You can't. You can pretend not to listen. You can pretend to ignore it. But when the defense is saying things that you can clearly hear, like when the mic points to one of his his teammates and points to a, a guy in the slot and says, you got him, you got him. I know the offense is supposed to ignore that because it's probably a lie and it's a deke, it's a fake, <laughs> it's not true, but it's going to be hard to ignore. These are kids. It's going to be very hard to ignore things you are going to clearly hear from the opponent that is 100% designed to mislead you. So just like for years, the offense has tried to get the defense to jump off sides by changing the cadence. Now everyone's going to have a cadence. Everyone is. Every defender is going to be like, you got this guy, I got this guy. Okay, 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 let's switch, let's switch. And then they don't. I mean, it, it's going to be a, a, yeah. a, a different – that's just never happened in football. It's been too loud for there to be that level of, of spoken word on the field that the other players can hear. But they will this year. So that will be a really interesting thing to watch. Who can stay so mentally tough? that they play against what they see and 100% ignore what they hear. No, that's a great, right? that's a really good point. I think that's a really good point. And I'll tell you um, something else that's a good point. When I point you to rockauto.com, when you go okay. to rockauto.com, you, you can get, you know, I keep using this car part because I, I don't know many car parts. You can go get your chassis or you can get your timing <laughs> belt or you can get your, um, uh, you know, plugs. your washer fluid, spark, spark plugs, plugs. Uh, windshield wipers. Um, man, they got everything you want. Rock Auto. Alternator. R-O-C-K-8. Alternator. Alternator. Yeah. Uh, That's one. Locks. I don't know. Door handles. Um, you know, <laughs> windows. I guess they, were, they probably even well, they put windows. Mm-hmm. Uh, windows. Uh, you know, fenders, lights. I mean, you know, get all that stuff. R-O-C-K-8. The fancy A-U-T-O. car stuff that me and you know. Um, yeah, all Actually, that I need stuff. a I brake mean, light. I need a brake light. So well, I, I know where you can go. Rock Auto. Where can I go? I'm going to do that one. Once Rock we Auto. Quit recording. I'm going to go. I'm going to go to their site. I'm going to Google brake light because my lamp is like. I mean, how many how many jimmies does it take to change a light bulb? We're about to find out. I don't know how many people are at the. Uh, the car service place. I mean, that's how many <laughs> exactly. it takes. How many people are working? <laughs> At your specific dealership's auto shop. That's how many it takes. <laughs> exactly. So, and bring, you know, get your parts. If you're a do-it-yourselfer, go to rockauto.com. 
uh, R-O-C-K-A-U-T-O.com. You've heard the jingle. The jingle is awesome. I don't want to botch it anymore. It's fantastic. Go check them out. We appreciate everything they do. Jimmy, some other uh, around the and man, I went to CBS Sports to to look up some topics to um, on, on football, just to see what's up. And the topics are rather scary. I mean, look, anytime uh, this point in the summer when you see college football headlines, uh, it's probably scary because there's usually nothing good that goes over it. That even the predictions can be bad. But the but right now, Kansas State. Um, all the players will not play or practice or meet until a student at the university is dismissed for a tweet that he posted earlier this week or earlier, you know, this past week. Um, several Wildcat players, players, according to the article, including sophomore all-purpose receiver Joshua Youngbud, posted an image on Twitter with a statement announcing the boycott uh, this past Saturday, and they just say, look, due to the recent disparaging and sensitive and unsettling comments made by a fellow student, we as a football team, after consultation with students from campus organizations, as well as students from general student body, feel it's best for us to stand with the students. We are demanding that Kansas State put a policy in place that allows a student to be dismissed for displaying openly racist, threatening, or disrespectful action towards a student or group of students. And the boycott stems from a tweet posted by um, a Kansas State student named Jamie McNeil, and boy, I'd hate to be in Jamie McNeil's shoes right now. But <laughs> here's the thing well, we about be. that: we wouldn't this, be. Yeah, we wouldn't be. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. I, I mean, look, you reap what you sow. Okay, I'm a firm believer in that. All right. However, um, this seems to be a sticky wicket. And while I think you and I and and most of college football are happy that uh, co- college football fans are happy that. Um, players have more power now. And it, it, it I'm not going to say that I want the players to have the most power. I still enjoy the fact that there can be re- – I'm worried about the players having so much power that they run the show. And right. I don't necessarily want that to happen either. Um, and while this Jaden McNeil, especially in this moment in time, is highly irresponsible – and frankly, probably pretty stupid for posting anything racially insensitive or considered to be threatening. He posted something that was sort of mocking the death of George Floyd. Um, boy, I'm going to tell you, if if <laughs> when the football team can get together and say, we don't want you to have your education anymore, um, that's a little bit, that's a little bit, that's, that's a sticky wicket. I mean, look, I, I, didn't, I didn't see the tweet. I tried to f- find the tweet and I haven't been able to find it. Um, it, I guess it depends on what it was, but it is, it's a, it's kind of a scary place. Uh, not maybe scary is the wrong word, but it's, it's at the very least an interesting place when the players can have that much power. And it also speaks a lot to our society where, where we are now that you can't hide anything. I mean, people are going to find out everything. So you need to keep your hands clean, literally and figuratively as often as you can, because if you're on social media and you think it's going to be funny to do one of these, you know, two uh, parentheses, insert racially insensitive term or religious insensitive term here, walk into a, that's not going to, Jimmy, it's not going to be, it's not the time uh, to be uh, posting on social media, two uh, parentheses, 
uh, insert racially insensitive term or religiously insensitive term in parentheses, people walk into a bar jokes. You know what I mean? You can't do that right now, right? Right. You can't. And, uh, you probably shouldn't have done it ever. And I haven't seen the offending tweet. I, I certainly know the story you're talking about, and I haven't seen the tweet, so I don't want to be too adamant about anything because I, I haven't seen the tweet. Not that it would really matter if I did or didn't. In terms of my opinion, the only opinions that matter are over at Kansas State's right now. But two points. Uh, number one, completely but, agree with you that this is... That would be funny. That would be funny if like, Kansas, <laughs> Kansas State released like, a statement. Jimmy, what do we do? Jimmy, what do we do? <laughs> they, Kansas State tweeted themselves... Um, yes, we are aware of this insensitive tweet, but the football players and Kansas State University, we have both decided to wait for LJS Law's opinion. <laughs> as, they, as, they, as they as they should. We, we understand he's drunk right point. now. We're going <laughs> to and get back to us. As he is on most Monday mornings at 9.30 a.m. But, no, uh, what, what I – two points. Number one, you make an excellent point about – I am really nervous about the idea that football players of any color, any race, any creed, any religion might stand up in mass and say, we're not going to play anymore unless you make this change, whatever that change. That That is really scary. That is really scary. I don't like it. It's It's enough to make anyone nervous. And there is a slippery slope here that should get us all nervous. However, do not use that argument to stop African-American players from speaking out when there is something racist that's going on at the school. When something is racist and they speak out, don't, don't yeah. use a slippery slope argument to say, well, we better not give in here. What happens? And then, then you, you name 10 hypotheticals that are, are, are literally hypotheticals. We're not facing hypotheticals here in Kansas State. We're talking about this situation. Is it okay? Yeah for the Kansas state players to speak up in this situation. And, and, and based on what I know, it, it's, it feels fine for them to do that. So I'm not going to use the slippery slope argument as to why they shouldn't be able to do this, because again, I, I don't want to deal in those hypotheticals. That, that's not fair to those Kansas state kids. And, uh, you know, just look at, cause we, we saw what happened next door to Alabama over in Mississippi with a movement that started, you know, beyond sports and football. But I think it's 100% clear that the true momentum that got the flag changed was Kylan Hill standing up at Mississippi State. And I think what he did is, I mean, I don't know what awards there are to give out, but that kid changed the world just simply because as a football player, he said, look, I don't, I don't want to play. I don't want to play if this, is, if this is the flag I'm playing under. Um, and I think that's awesome. And, and I don't think anyone should stop the kids from attempting to, to make the world a better place. Now, eventually you'll get to the point where the players are going to say, okay, we're not going to play until you install a soft serve ice cream machine in the cafeteria. And, and at that point, at that point, we can all be outraged, you know, when it's, when they're trying to get a change uh, that's just not worth a strike, <laughs> but a player strike over something that's clearly racist I'm never going to say, well, be careful. There's a slippery slope because those those arguments are just looking for a reason to say that the racism is OK. And, and, and we're OK. No, and I, I, I get what you're yeah. saying there. I totally and I agree with you. I, 
I agree with you. Now, the the one caveat to that I would add, and again, I'm not trying to defend, defend this Jaden, whatever his name is. I've yeah. forgotten his name already. Um, I'm not trying to defend him at least because what he did obviously rattled up a lot of players. What I guess I would say to that is that um, while I thought Kalen Hill's stance was – it was pretty bold. It was pretty cool. He did change the world. And I do think it is one of those things where, look, the Confederate flag coming off the Mississippi State flag is sort of a no-brainer. And if you're not with Kalen Hill on this one, I mean, you probably ought to have some introspection. Um, this is not about changing uh, a tradition. The, the Confederate flag clearly represents – something to a to a group of people or really represent something to any group of people that's not diehard um uh diehard pro-confederacy okay let's let's exactly. let's put it that way. Put um but but now but this this particular instance this is where i think it is getting trickier because here you have a student who is what I think probably what he posted was really stupid. I mean, really stupid and probably racist. I hadn't seen it, so I can't say it is. I hadn't seen it. But I know that if the, if all the Kansas State football players want a student body believe it's racist, I'm probably going to believe it's racist too. That being said, um, I think he you have the right to post something stupid if you want to, uh, and, but you also will have consequences. I wouldn't exactly show up in the student section of the football game or, or storm the field after the game and let one of those football players see you. They might go, "Uh oh, I just accidentally ran over your ass." You know what I mean? That's. I think that there. I don't know that it's fair to say if there's any, if anything, this kid needs education more than anybody else. So maybe he needs right. to be in school so that somebody can teach him what not to do. And so that's where I think it's a little bit stickier, whereas right. the flag to me was a clear, a clear cut. Get Y'all get this damn thing. Y'all had it up there in like the, the top right-hand corner anyway. I mean, y'all were barely hanging on to the damn thing. I mean, let's just get it off of there. I mean, why? Why even? It sort of screwed up the Mississippi flag to begin with. It's like it's like having a, uh, you know, a Bentley and putting a, a University of Central Florida logo on there for that. Right. I shouldn't make fun of Central Florida, but I'm saying any any kind of dumb logo up there, you know, or like or like a, a Calvin pissing on a Auburn logo or something, you know what I'm saying? Um, anyway, <laughs> I'm not trying yeah. to pick on Central Florida. I don't, I don't want to start anything else here. And schools are there to educate, and maybe you make a good point about you know, no one. If the kid made an insensitive remark then no one needs an education more than that kid. And maybe, maybe this is a learning uh, experience for everyone and just flat out willy nilly expelling any kid that says something insensitive definitely feels over the top because anybody can say something insensitive and, and, and not have hate in their heart when they say it. Uh, so I think it is a, it is a tricky thing, but there's such an overwhelming response from the Kansas state student body, not just the football players. Uh, that I, I, I'm assuming before I, I ever find the tweet that it's going to be pretty bad. So it just, you know, it, it, and, and I think if schools just address it, like, you know, we suggested here, you know, on our show about a week ago that, that leaders at Alabama sit down with uh, African-American organizations on campus and say, okay, let's, let's, let's hear what, what, what y'all, let's hear what y'all have to say so we can address these things up front and 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 y'all feel like your voice is heard because it is being heard um 
but that doesn't mean that you 100% do everything. That doesn't mean that, you know, that, that whatever the requests are you make, I mean, every, everything's got to be taken into account. But the important thing is, and where, where I think the world has changed in the past month, which is great, is that, is that everyone is listening. And that's, that's the start. The start is listening. The start is going, okay, what, what can we do to, uh, what can we do to improve the situation, you know, um, and, and listen to the complaints and address them where it's reasonable to do so. If the complaint is, you know, uh, if the complaint is, you know, we want Denny Chimes uh, repainted because we don't like, we don't like the brickwork. I mean, we don't have to do that. <laughs> but, you know, uh, but there could be extremely reasonable complaints that need to be fixed. And uh, everybody listening is, I, I think, a bigger point than, hey, we need to expel every kid that says something insensitive. But there's also, to me, a pretty clear line between insensitive and, and racist. I'm sure over the course of my life, I have said many, 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 many things that are insensitive to many, many people. And I'm sure I'll do it again this week because I like to be jokey and I like to, to make light of situations and, and, you know, and I like to, to, to say things that, that, that I think are funny and maybe other people don't think is funny. So I'm sure I've offended people in the past. It's never been intentional, but I think there is a difference between saying something, an insensitive joke is uh, might be really bad idea, but I don't think it rises to the level of criminal intent. So we need to be just careful about that. But if this is an over-the-top racist remark, and I have seen Alabama fans make over-the-top racist remarks about the video that was put out last week by the athletic department, uh, those were racist remarks. That's not insensitive things. Um, you know, I think, I think it's easy to tell the difference. I've been sitting here all day. I've been. You back? Yeah, I'm back. All right, I'll just wrap it up because I'll, I'll have to cut it. I, okay. I, maybe I'm not great service in this in this uh, condo. I don't know. That's okay, fine. just just wrap it up. It's fine. No problem. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining us again. I'm down at Orange Beach. Excuse any technical difficulties. Um, we're just uh, having a little bit of a vacation right here on the fourth, and uh, roll tide. Roll tide.